0: Welcome, friends, to Church of the Geek, a podcast where we examine the intersection of the comic and the divine, where the VBS is for all mutants, and Onslaught is your child's camp director. I am Brian Bennett, campus minister, campus pastor in Pittsburgh, and your regular co-host here at Church of the Geek. And as always with me is everyone's favorite mutant hospice chaplain, Sam Blair. Sam, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am doing well. I am well-rested and sunburned from our, my family's recent trip to Florida and, uh, sure. We'll have time to talk about that later, but glad to be back here in PA where the temperature is below 80. Most of the time,
0: most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Got a little warm today, but yeah. 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 You were down in, you were down in, uh, Florida, right? Yeah, that was, we were trying to, plan a
1: family trip. And that honestly was the only place that we could find to get a group of people together. We, we went with my family, my, my, my immediate family and my wife's sister's family and rented a house down there because no one wants to go to Florida in August. So
0: it's hot. I think
1: it's hot and humid, but we, we had a really good, we had a really good time. We saw, we spent most of the time at the beach, did not do any Disney-related things, so don't ask. Did not do any Universal-related things. It's funny, though, when people say, like, I, I tell them I went to Florida, like, oh, did you go to Disney?
0: Nope. As if as if that's the only thing you can do in Florida.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then when I say no, they say, oh, you must have went to Universal Studios for Harry Potter. I'm like, nope. So, so... So, what did you do? We went to Cape Canaveral because that's what <laughs> that's what we do.
0: That's a proper Florida vacation. That's
1: a proper Florida vacation. We're a
0: co-host of Church of the Geek. Yes, exactly, indeed. exactly. And yes. how about you?
1: How, how have you been since past week or so?
0: Good, good. I'm uh, my uh, I've had a lot of clearance from my uh, hip recovery, so um, I am doing well. I am clear to drive. I'm out. I'm done with my physical therapy about a month early. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Things are good. Things are good.
1: It's interesting. I was having, I had possible knee surgery on my horizon because I was at a point where I could barely walk the dog with my right knee. And I went and got, got it, uh, I got an MRI, I got an x-ray, all that. And he said, yeah, we should probably do surgery on this, but we want to do some PT on you first, just so that we can say we did some PT. So I went and got PT done. And, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> and and the funny thing is now when I was done with my PT, they were <laughs> using it as, as my right knee now as, you know, measuring up against my left knee. My My left knee is now worse than my right knee. So I have to.
0: <laughs> now you got to PT for your other knee.
1: Yeah, so I've got like one huge leg and one like scrawny leg. So I now to got to get
0: work on the balance. Yeah, you got to be careful. Otherwise, you can just walk in circles. Yeah, exactly. If one leg is stronger than the other, you'll you'll never walk in a straight line again.
1: But this isn't surgery talk. This is.
0: <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm kind of geeking out about this surgery that I, that I had, you know, I feel like the bionic man now. There you go. Are you off those <laughs> sweet, <laughs> sweet meds? I was off of those meds like three weeks ago. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I don't like the way they make me feel. It's, I don't like the way it makes me feel and, uh, I needed it and I use it for a while, but I, I, Got off as soon as I could. Mm -hmm. I just went to Tylenol. I've been off of Tylenol for at least a week now. Oh, wow. Good. So, yeah, I um, don't have a lot of discomfort. Yeah, but I was good. I felt good enough. I'll say this. I felt good enough yesterday. Uh, My wife had ordered a little, like, hammock chair thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put it on our back deck. And I felt good enough to get that... uh, all mounted up yesterday so cool. I, had to climb, I had to climb up a ladder you know go up and down steps eight times because you know you bring up one tool up and then you forget you needed another one mm-hmm. and then oh that's the wrong size socket and then okay I gotta go back down so you know that was my that was my day yesterday Ugh. so and today I was uh, helping doing a puppet show at our family fun day at uh, church today. Oh, so, cool! Yeah, at the yeah the congregation I belong to. So,
1: I will say too, being being off, I had the chance to read a ton of comics, which was and and just read. I almost finished off Dune. I just have probably one chapter or so left. So, between the plane rides and just chilling out in the evening. Uh, with a nice cold beverage. Uh, I knocked out. A, I I read most of Dune. I had a my pull list with me, and I was pulling stuff up on my tablet. I I read the Long Halloween, which I had never read before.
0: Which one? Which one is what's that? I'm not
1: that's knowing. uh that's the uh, the Batman uh by Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, where there's a uh. A criminal called Holiday, who is taking out members of uh, the crime families, mm. and it's it's uh, really played out like a like a murder mystery,
0: gotcha.
1: and the other you know the characters the the typical rogues gallery figure into it Joker and uh Poison Ivy and Scarecrow, but uh, they're not the ones doing the 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 murdering. So it's, it's, it's a really good, it's an older story. I, but it was one, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember where, when it was, but I want to almost say nineties. Oh, oh, late, no, oh it's not really
0: old. old. Oh, that's really, well, old, I'm trying to, well,
1: I don't know. Wow. Maybe it's even older than that. I was going to say eighties, but I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But it's I, really good. I, I mean I,
0: is that does it come on stone tablets? Yes, it does. Uh-huh that's what I figured.
1: It's a and it makes it real I I had to check it through on the plane
0: <laughs>
1: And seeing I, I flew spirit Airlines so that was about two thousand dollars to check that through.
0: Oh, definitely worth it, right?
1: Yeah exactly. Cool. But yeah, one of those. That I read is what we're going to talk about tonight, which is uh, Way of X number
0: four. Oh man, you didn't—you didn't give me a chance to give give my little give my joke. Oh, what's your joke? I was gonna say, Sam. I'm glad you found your way home, and never mind. <laughs> Not good. It just. And speaking of ways. And speaking of what, yeah, see, it was going to be a really awkward segue. Uh, kind of a hallmark classic Brian joke. See, so. I saved you from that. Yeah, I know. But yeah, way of X, let's um let's uh, let's talk about that cuz I don't think it means what tweet out it would mean. I think that's
1: kind I started off, I mean when the series was announced with Cy Spurrier and doing the writing and, uh, and I have to, who did the artist Quinn as, as the artist, which I'm not a huge, I, you know, Quinn, I'm not like a huge fan one way or the other. Don't look for him. But Cy, you know, Cy Spurrier has written, you know, pretty extensively in a number of different things. I'm like, Oh, this could be interesting. Right. And issue one was fantastic.
0: It was pretty good. I it did was like it.
1: very good. It set up a uh, a lot really well in a really nice, nicely, a nice way. And it did as the series progressed. It seemed like, like you said, that this was not what we were prom. I want to say that's not what we were promised, but it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Definitely.
0: I'm going to say this is the it, it's it it feels like it has the same problem that I had with um Children of the Atom. Mm. I don't know cuz you haven't read that one, right?
1: Right. But I had to say I had the same kind of I thought you were going to say uh X of Swords.
0: Oh. Sam, why why do you bring that up? See, I have to bring it up time? again. Just another time for me to sit here and just go oh. <laughs> X of Swords. 22 issues of where the first 11 set up something that seems like it's going to be really awesome. And then, and
1: then you're kind of scratching your head and that's how I felt here. Yeah. I, I think they do a great job of showing the, the problems inherent in a society that considers themselves, you know, post-moral post-mortal is the way they put it. And basically, capable of doing whatever they want,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and are doing pretty much whatever they want. There is the only things holding them back are the three laws of of Krakoa. of Krakoa. And the the series does a a good job, I think, of showing even the flaws in those particular laws and how. This a society built as a utopia. Does not always seem to be utopian in practice?
0: Part of me wonder, okay. First off, why don't we start for let's 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 give a basis? How would you describe what you expected mm. in this in this series? I expected
1: this to be because it it really prominently features nightcrawler and nightcrawler is yeah, a central figure. He's the central figure. He's on, he's on the cover and that's that this is about nightcrawler, um, pondering a mutant religion in order to try and ground the, the society of, of Krakoa in some sort of unifying, uh, You'd want to say theology, but philosophy, metaphysics. You know,
0: it, him looking he thinks, at he thinks a new mutant religion will unify everybody to to get away from the factions that pop up inevitably within mutant society on Krakoa. Is that fair? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. and especially seeing that they're they're trying to start a new society from a clean slate where you have former enemies that are now right living together on the same place hopefully working towards the same goals and basically the level of freedom and uh ability to do what you want is whatever you would like it to be
0: the reality of the resurrection chambers mhm and now i'm i can't I'm like wait is that is that from the eternals because because there's now i think there's a good overlap between this the X stuff and the Eternals, right? Because mm-hmm. the Eternals goes were always <clears throat> had the ability to, to be resurrected. That's what makes them eternal. And now the the mutants have that ability too, different though it may be. But and earlier you said post moral and post mortal, which I'm wondering in the same way, if you have the ability to be resurrected, does any morality matter at all right
1: and how they go about discussing that and bringing those questions out i thought at first was really interesting with with dr nemesis Mm -hmm. because he serves as really the polar opposite of nightcrawler he's very much you know even these laws are holding me back from doing you know amazing amazing things He's trying out everything he could possibly do to just advance science or advance his own, uh, his, his own desires, his own wishes to, you know, find, explore, do whatever, you know, doing whatever he wants to do. And he's basically, and he spends a good chunk of the first issue, uh, just railing on Nightcrawler. And why are you bothering with this dead, this dead religion that's holding you back from the bliss that you're in? You know we're in a we're in a a society in a time where we can do whatever we want, and yet you're here with your rosary beads, (laughs) literally hanging on to some you know he notion of some old some old dusty god that's holding you back.
0: I think you could I think you do a good job setting up what you expected. Mm -hmm. Where where has it fallen short, or or what what was the move that it made that took you to a place where you're like wait? What is what is this?
1: Yeah, it started into with well, they they bring in the the character of Lost, which mm-hmm. is interesting, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she's new to the island. She's kind of a mysterious character. She's appears
0: uh, to suffer from some sort of trauma, PTSD. Has something. some sort of
1: trauma, PTSD, and she specifically looks after looks for Nightcrawler to be the, as she puts it, the kindly one. She, she looked after him, looked for him to uh, be a supporter, to be a guide, uh, and to put her through the Crucible, which is the sort of the one-sided tournament that uh, depowered mutants can go through to earn the right to be killed to get their powers back which Nightcrawler has a huge problem with and that's kind that's one of the main focuses of the one of the main hinges of the story is uh, crucibles coming up and Nightcrawler has major problems with with crucible and it's you know sees that as a, as a challenge to is you know kind of the, the the nexus of being post-moral and post-mortal is seen in crucible because you get killed and we, we raise you from the dead and it's not a big deal and everyone cheers and it's post-moral because this, you know, dying doesn't matter anymore. And so it's fine for, you know, someone to kill you if, even if you can't hardly put up a fight at all, uh, because you get resurrected and then everything's okay. So the, you know, the ends justify mm-hmm. the means basically.
0: Well, I think that's, see, yeah, I keep going back to the notion of, of virtue ethics, what does it say about a society where the one of your formative practices is the killing of a mutant so that they can get their powers back? Mm-hmm. Sure. yes, they get their powers back. and so in a sense. but what kind of warping or deformation does that do to a community in the long run?
1: Right. And
0: you can see in
1: very on in in uh, way of X, an issue one even when when the the group that Nightcrawler's with is these uh, young mutants that have gone to kind of s- s- scope out this uh, church in uh, it's a church in France where these uh, anti-mutant activists are being are being trained, and they're there to kind of get some do some recon. Pixie basically is goaded on by the, the other mutants to get killed because she hasn't had her first time yet. Mm. It's, it's very, it's kind of like they're goading her on, like these are teenagers in high school, jagging someone who is still a virgin. And it's like, Oh, come on, just lighten up. And it's, you know, this is supposed to be fun and, you know, have good thoughts and you'll be fine. And Kurt is obviously troubled by it. And, you know, that when Pixie does get killed, it's horrifying as he gets shot in the face with a shotgun and Kurt's horrified and the kids are taking pictures of her and cheering and, you know, it's no big deal to them. And so that's your first opening to what's going on here and setting the scene to that. But what happens after that is It turns into a story, like I said, about Lost and kind of her story, which has to do with Fabian Cortez, but then this, this, the whole initial plot and the whole, all of the questions that the good questions that are brought up early on, like what, what does it mean to live in a society where death is, is, is meaningless And what does it mean to live in a society where we can, where we have basically total freedom and that we can write, we write our own, our own rules. We write our own moral code. And what are the problems associated with that? And just kind of leaves them. Doesn't even kind of keep them in the background. It just seems like they're, they're left behind for this new story picked up of, legion david haller and his conflict with charles xavier who's his who's his father
0: there is uh, i mean in the midst of all of this conversation of what do these practices or how do these practices deform the community there is also some active presence of um uh, some entity right mm-hmm. that is stalking Around Krakoa, and they, and everybody sort of, or not everybody, but at least there's a few folks who are touching upon these edges of nothing that make them realize something's wrong. Yeah, and then, and that's where they discover it's ultimately onslaught.
1: Mm-hmm. And David David Haller is is pointing out to trying to point out to to Xavier how. Things are not nearly as good as you think they are here, and you you see in one of the one of the splash pages that a lot of these characters who on the surface are you know getting along and living in harmony are in many ways eager to go back to fighting and killing one another because of whatever uh whatever's been whatever harms or harm has been done to them in the past or whatever grudges you know, they have, they're so used to fighting that that's how you resolve conflict is deep down inside you punch it out. And that is the snake in the garden here. It's kind of cheap that the snake in the garden turns out to be onslaught. <laughs> if why, that's do the say, case. Why,
0: why do you say that? Because it
1: seems like it's, it's, it's projecting this onto an evil character it, it, going back to going back to the garden of, of Eden analogy, which all of this, you know, there's a lot of, uh, garden, there's of a Eden lot of that there. Yes. Of, of that running through these, these titles. And I think someone even maybe it's Dr. Nemesis or I'm trying to remember if it's Dr. Nemesis or Magneto says to Kurt, uh, to Nightcrawler is like you're you're so busy looking for snakes in the garden that you miss the the Eden around you. To kind of pin it on, because to, to kind of pin it on onslaught in terms of oh it's just this one character and if this one character wasn't that wasn't there, everything would be fine. Seems really cheap to me because what's been shown and the questions that are raised are much more of a deeper nature. And something you know that really is worth pondering and talking about uh, in terms of what what do we make of ourselves, both philosophically and as a faithful faithful people in some way, uh, or at least Kurt. You know how do I how does a faithful person find himself in this society? And the interesting question is he can't, or the interesting not interesting question, but the, the kind of the result of that question, where does Kurt find himself in this society is that he can't, uh, you know, this, this society doesn't seem to have much room for faith um, unless it's something that is uh, just put off on the side uh, or, you know, even questioning deeper, deeper issues of, of morality or what is our relationship to the world what is our relationship to each other uh when there's when there's a problem you know when the these issues are coming out? why are these problems here? Oh it's onslaught it's this you know psychic vampire bad bad guy
0: it's almost too easy
1: it's on, it's way too easy and like onslaught's a was a crummy bad character anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the. I remember, like the the onslaught came out in the in, in the nineties. There was this huge build up to onslaught and onslaught and onslaught. I was just showing up in all the these beware of onslaught and onslaught's coming and all this all this bad you know stuff is going on. And then onslaught shows up and is a lousy character and gets basically wiped out in an, in an issue. He's he served as a as a reason to reboot the Marvel universe for lack of a better word, which didn't end up even working well. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, I'm trying to remember the it's he's a, he's a scapegoat, I think in some way it's.
0: There was the, uh, I think it's issue three where two mutants are trying to be intimate and one's power is getting in one of the, mutant's powers is getting in the way she basically loses control and you know she comes all sharp metal and slices her partner um and so legion helps them link their minds but at the center there's there's onslaught making everything darker and then those two can't even stand each other anymore the weird part is that legion and is it nightcrawler or someone else Go into their minds while they're.
1: <clears throat> it's Legion and Nightcrawler. I'm pretty yeah, or maybe it's it might be Legion, nope. Nightcrawler, and Pixie. Pixie's Pixie. in there too. Yeah,
0: it's, it's Legion and Pixie. Go and in, Nightcrawler. In the, I don't think Nightcrawler's in there. Oh, okay, maybe I'm not. Looking, okay. No, I'm looking at it now. No. And there's and there's um, we find that uh, Onslaught is is in there breaking down all barriers so that they they eat each of the others gets the, the two partners gets the full unadulterated sort of mind blast of the others. And then they're disgusted mm-hmm. by each other. Yeah. I just, oh, <laughs> so I didn't say it's a weird two pages. Yeah, it is. But then there's a the whole thing about because of the, one of the laws is make more mutants, right? It leads mm-hmm. us directly in, from those two being intimate uh, to the mutant nursery problem because mm-hmm. lots of lots of mutants are following the whole makeup culture mutants. yeah there's a whole make, mutant hookup culture uh, wait a minute again it's sort of the whole what does morality mean you can't face the ultimate brokenness so when i was in seminary i read a book um after virtue this is the, this is the book that probably convinced me most clearly that we need we all need to be virtue ethicists and I and I just I keep coming back to this because it's what are the habits, habits and practices it's and it's a book called After Virtue by Alistair McIntyre who was I've heard of that yeah it I is I may have read that I I would be surprised if you hadn't it's yeah. it's probably one of the most important books out there and it was a it was a philosophy professor um, I believe at Notre Dame and he outlines sort of the move from Aristotle. And the notion of virtues, which was huge, for it's sort of the major cornerstone of Aristotle's thinking and his ethics, and how throughout the process of the Enlightenment, which um, after the Middle Ages we begin, we get this move into the, you know the Renaissance, um, and we start getting all of these philosophers. And the notion of the philosophers is they want to create uh, a sort of a biblical philosophy that takes all the Bible out of it. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. So the they want to make it universal. So that anybody anywhere, like this is obvious. So like whenever we talk about the the philosophers of of note, folks like, you know, Immanuel Kant and Kierkegaard, although Kierkegaard is at the end, but you know, when you start talking about the European philosophers that lots of folks read and And, you know, intro to philosophy 101 kind of stuff. This is the Enlightenment project. People are trying to create this universal set of rules without specifically, you know, mentioning the Bible kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And McIntyre points out that there's this massive short circuiting of the original philosophical system, which is you have the world as it is. You have a set of habits, practices, or even rules because you have a vision of where you want to get to. And by taking sort of the religious language out of philosophy and trying to have this universal system, you can certainly see the situation that you're in. And you can get a bunch of rules to follow, but you're not headed towards a telos. Mm You're not headed towards a particular end, right? And so in a sense, it's not even that the end justifies the mean because there is no end necessarily, not the way that there is in in this notion. So I feel like in some ways the three mutant laws has done the exact same thing, right? Kill no man, uh, make more mutants, and respect this, this sacred land, right? Those are the three laws. Right. But to what end are those laws, because, you know, in the in the philosophical system, you know, they've taken away the, the 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 Enlightenment philosophers have taken away that eschatological vision of God dwelling with human beings. Death ending, no more hunger, no more thirst. The end is a world where there are no problems. Well the philosophers want to get that on their own. They take that away. Now you just got a bunch of rules that you're following. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like it's it's a really analogous system with the mutants. They don't have an end anymore because they don't need an end anymore. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want, and even those rules are somewhat questionable.
1: And it seems like that show and that shows up a lot in the conflict between the interpersonal idea of virtue and what is good bumps up against those rules quite a lot. There's several several times where Kurt is challenged about something or you know, something challenges Kurt like for example when when Pixie gets shot and and dies and they ask him why you know why are you so upset and he says well because this is wrong and he's and they ask him why is it wrong and he kind of tape you know dwindles off and says I don't know. And something similar happens too when when in Crucible is like, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong. Why is it wrong? I don't know. And there's this, he can't justify himself. And you could see that challenge, but he, he can't justify himself. It seems like he's lost himself. And I think that's one of the problems, or maybe one of the reasons I'm not satisfied with the series is that, you know, Nightcrawler has been a character that, has been really well-defined, I think. And, but it's hard to write... Well, and Sir Spurrier seems to not do a good job of writing a character that is in the same time religious and a member of the real world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with you. I think folks have a hard time writing religious characters in general. Yeah. Because it either becomes a caricature or they become fanatic or or straw man characters. Yeah, exactly. I'd really like a just a a solid religious character a, a character that has a faith life, but that you know, isn't the one thing that defines them and, and nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, and and or nor is it a caricature of, of faith. Right. Cause I actually, even back in the, in the beginning of, of issue three, um, they're at the, they're at the hellfire, hellfire gala and nightcrawler gets ripped, Mm -hmm. completely trashed. And he goes around, he's bugging everybody. But afterwards he's talking about, he thought that a, a, a new religion would unify folks. But instead, he says what they need is a path through the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to go, one, what's Spurrier's view of religion to begin with? Right? Because it just seems like he understands religion to be a set of rules. Mm-hmm. Because I look at Christianity as something that it is a path through the dark. Right. It is a way for us to engage the brokenness of the world both personally and 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 systemically bring the good news the light of the good news into those dark places it is a way th- literally a way through the dark mhm
1: uh-huh.
0: and and it's and it's less about rules now i will admit the way some of our <clears throat> fellow christians handle christianity i get where they come from mhm uh-huh. Or, or why Spurrier might see religion as just a bunch of rules because there are some of our tribe who have basically said, you have to f- do these things to go to heaven. Right. Rather than see Christianity, and I'm just using Christianity because that's where I belong, as a light in the darkness, a, a, a path through the dark. But I'm going to go back to virtue stuff, you got to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they know where they're going. Well, and it seems
1: like, I mean, the three rules of, of Krakoa were designed to kind of cement them as a, serve as a bedwalker and, and cement them as a, as a society, give them, give them some kind of way of, it, it gave them a way to, to build a foundation. But they didn't give them instructions for what to what they were building on the foundation. It was just do whatever you want. And
0: yeah, if you follow these two rules, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Well, there's still a lot of stuff going yeah. on there.
1: And it it is and it seems like, you know, the, the foundation became the end. And once they had the foundation, there was sort of this idea that, okay, now we're done, without thinking about what are the consequences of what we're doing and why and why we're doing why we're doing them and it and it just seems like those questions still are just and the series isn't over yet whatever but it seems like those bigger questions aren't really getting addressed uh it seems like it's becoming an issue about something else rather than about than about faith and that it's, there was a a review i was reading uh by Wendy Brown on the website uh Women Write About Comics. And even the title is great because it's you know Way of X number four is that this, this is the way <laughs> <laughs> it was how it was written. And yeah, it's just like it seems like it's setting up something and not really taking you where you want to go and and she points out that this seems to be going against Nightcrawler's own character that has been established for decades. You know, it it seems like this is he's he's becoming everyone's punching bag to a certain degree. He's not the the character who can be and has been, you know, the moral compass in in so many situations. And maybe this is, you know, Spurrier kind of putting his own ideas out in terms of, well, what good are moral compasses? You need to make your own moral compass. Um,
0: or, or. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay, here's the way they could, in my eyes, redeem it. Even if I don't like it. Because I think, as we've been talking, I this idea has been rattling around in my head. Nightcrawler, I think, is asking the question not just is there a way to unify us, but I think maybe the most important question is what is our end? Mm-hmm. What is What are we about? Where are we headed as this post-mortal community? And And I think this is important because maybe that's what that's one thing he could come discover. Like he's, he's asking this question, who are we and what are we about? And what are the practices that, that we've inhabited? I, I do realize maybe this is setting up, like, I don't know if there's uh one or two more issues here mm-hmm. uh, for this, for this uh, limited series, but that's one thing that could happen that he might realize we need, to, we need to, more clearly articulate our identity and where we are headed. If he does that, I'll be super thrilled. Like even, I don't even, even if I don't like the end and, you know, the identity and sort of mission that they articulate, I'll be like, that's the thing they have to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's where they're going to, where they're going to go though.
1: I'm hoping that another writer in the future picks up some of these questions uh, and and Nightcrawler and plays with them a bit more and gives and gives them, I think, the proper time that they that they need because uh, I think at least so far you know it's it's been setting up a lot of stuff but it hasn't gone in a direction that I really I don't know i can't think of the right word it's not comfortable or happy with but just. It's, it's, it's not where I had hoped things were going and I feel, I, I kind of feel like there was a little bit of a bait and switch involved, Mm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll live with it. I think one of those things, maybe time will tell as the stories continue to play out and so on, we'll look back and they're like, oh, okay, this, this sets up other, this, this set up these other things. And, uh, I mean, hopefully these issues will get talked about more because I think they're great issues. I mean, it's it's really, these are questions that we're being asked in real time.
0: I think we definitely are asking those questions in real time. Exactly. Who are we and, and where are we headed? I think that's super important for us right now. Mm-hmm. Like immediately today.
1: Yeah. There is so much, you know, so much division and a lack of a common goal. And, you know, Nightcrawler's question of what can bring us together is a very apt one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What unifies us.
1: Yeah. And apart from that, I really hope that someone can write a religious character. I think, you know, maybe, maybe, Especially Nightcrawler, who is who can be both religious and a swashbuckler, for lack of a better word. I, I just keep on harping on this this one scene in yeah. um, issue two where Legion goes into into Nightcrawler's brain, and it's this pirate ship being attacked by a squid, and yeah, and he's like, "Whoa, I was expecting churches and stained glass. You got some issues. Like that's a problem."
0: <laughs> why why is that a problem? Exactly. That should be a problem. We should it's be able not, to understand that. Exactly. That's why I, that's why I I'm not real hopeful on Spurrier's grasp of real authentic faith life. Yeah. And and I and I'm and I'm afraid the next issue or two which I we're just we're going to see it we're not going to see a fair treatment of of religion. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be anti-religion. I don't I don't I'm not sure just old religious tropes rewrapped in new packaging is a fair Yeah. I think Yeah,
1: I think it falls into the category of write about what you know. And maybe, you know, if, if I tried writing about Islamic culture, it would not go well because of what I don't know, if I tried writing about uh, other types of cultures, I you know it would not go well because I'm not nearly as involved and invested with them
0: yeah, uh, I think even even folks who have were raised christian and and have moved beyond it have have decided that it is not for them that and and here I'm thinking mainly of like Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. because I think he writes some really interesting theological um comics he, he had he he's done a, he's written a lot of thor um and he had the whole he did the whole arc around Jane Foster being Thor. Mm-hmm. but she was also sick at the same time there's just a lot there for uh, for him and I, I'm just gonna lift up. Friend of the podcast, Will Rose, he and uh, Trip Fuller from Homebrewed Christianity uh, early in the pandemic. um, Jason Aaron said, hey, uh, whoever wants to interview me, uh, throw out the bids. We're going to send money to a food bank or something. I can't remember where it went to. It went to some charity. And um, Will and uh, Trip did uh, 500 bucks and they got to... uh, interview uh, Jason for an hour and they had a huge theological conversation with with Jason. It was really interesting. It's over on Homebrew Christianity. I'll I'll put the links in the show notes. Really great conversation. Uh, He had been raised in the faith, but ultimately decided. And he talks a little bit about this in in that interview uh, that he needed to leave it. And I don't think he did, but in the tradition he was raised in, that was probably his only option so and he did he recently uh, he also does that the the, uh, the title the goddamn which i am working really hard at putting together and off the shelf for because he just finished the second volume of that and um cool talk about some real serious reflection on what is going on in the bible but through a comic and it's it's kind of a reboot but it's Still, really good. So, uh, he, there are people out there who can do it. I'm. I just don't. I don't think Cy Spurrier is one mm-hmm. of those.
1: I think we need to get in touch with Gail Simone.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, can we just say Gail Simone? I think has all the answers to almost everything. Yes. Uh, follow her on Twitter, people, if you haven't, done that, <laughs> because good lord, she's she does the best. have the answer to everything. Oh man, she's so good. Her Twitter feed is fire. (laughs) It's great. No. Gail Simone. Yeah. I think that's true. Anyway, we did think that Way of X would be done by now. And it's not. Right. We have at least one more, although I suspect more because issue four said to be continued. And normally they would say to be concluded. So... Might is be. Gonna,
1: issue four may have you know the the classic the end with the question mark at the no
0: don't do that oh, so, come on. no no with
1: the crescendo mm-hmm.
0: so so there I think the questions that Nightcrawler is raising is spot on it's just the way that the the surrounding culture treats him. Yeah, and and I don't know if that's a reflection of the writer being really good or being, eh, about it. Mm-hmm. So
1: there was, if for those who are interested, there was a uh, podcast of J. Miles explain the X Men where they interviewed Cy Spurrier when. Uh, way of X first came out and they did about an hour long interview with him. It's, it was very interesting and kind of revealed as you know, a lot of it was about his vision for the story and so on without trying to reveal too much, you know, spoilery so on, but he did talk about Christianity and his atheism. And I think that might be a good, if you're interested in this, go back and listen to that episode and, and, get some more insight into maybe where he's coming from.
0: that, that would probably be really helpful. That would probably be very, very helpful. Well, how about this then? Let's, um, we'll make sure we include that in the show notes and um, we will go on from there. And why don't we uh, pause this for now? Sounds good. All right. Then, uh, Sam, what are you geeking out about?
1: I am still geeking out about Kennedy Space Center. Uh, because I tell you what i mean as as cool as everything is there and getting to see rockets and spaceships and and stuff like that, I am still just it it's so inspiring to me honestly to hear the stories of the people that do these things and you know looking at the Saturn v rocket that's laid out in. It's an in its own building and thinking about that this was drawn on paper with slide rules and with the help of men and women that you don't know their names and some never got the recognition that they that they, you know, were we due. And that we the, the things that we can do it, 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 in, in a way, it kind of fits in well with way of It's you know, the things that we can do when we have a goal <laughs> in mind that brings us all together to, and really do some amazing and inspiring things and, uh, seeing stuff like the mercury capsule and having my, my son crawl inside a, a mercury capsule and just to see how much of a tin can it is. And, you know, this is not, the shiny, uh, Elon Musk, uh, spaceship with its, you know, screens and, uh, Thanks. looks, yeah, looks, mean, it, it, it it's, it's a can. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just really does make me, it's, it's something that really just puts a grin on my face, you know, in terms of what we can imagine, what we can do when we uh, have common goals. The idea of exploration and uh, common common welfare, and just doing brave things, is mm-hmm.
0: inspiring to me. So, mm-hmm. cool. And you? My wife and I have been uh, working our way through the Netflix series. Uh, based on the Jeff Lemire DC comic Sweet Tooth, mm. uh, actually, in the Vertigo imprint. Uh, it's a really lovely... <laughs> this is going to sound weird. It's a really lovely post-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> series. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, and the, I, It does look pretty. It's very Sylvian. Oh, very. So very much. And it is there's some real just so sweet tooth, right? Um, there's a whole, I think the first two episodes, he's being raised by his dad. You see him being raised by his dad out in the middle of nowhere. And my wife was like, I, I could watch a whole series of, of those two. Like it was really awesome. And, and that's not where it, that's not it because we have to see the larger, uh, context of the world and, and the, you know, they're, they're living. Okay. But I will say maybe some of it might've been too soon because they're talking about, there's this virus that has swept through the, Uh. through the world. And mm, like timing of releasing sweet tooth in the middle of a pandemic was an interesting choice. Let me just say that. Um, but you know, we're watching people, and they're talking, they're talking second wave, and they're, I'm just like, oh, my God. So some of that's a little uh, – although it was written long before. It wasn't the, – the comic has, mm-hmm. has been out for a number of years. And that – and I will say, like, the art style in that is much more – just from what I've seen. I haven't read it, but I've seen some of the art, right? And it's very sparse. Mm. Spartan. Maybe that's the better word. It is more Spartan. It's very – it feels rough. It feels this, but this, a lot of it feels lush. Mm. So I love it. And we should probably do an episode on it because it's been, it's really good. Cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. That's been on my, on my list of stuff to, to get into. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. We really appreciate it. We will, uh, uh be back in another couple weeks. Um, and, uh, off the shelves are, are returning, um, coming up here on a, on the end of our fourth season, because this is our 25th episode. Ooh, and, right. It's our silver anniversary. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we say. Um, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll, I think we've done, Sam, I really think we've done it. I think we'll hit 26. Um, and that'll be we've done an episode every other week for a year. That's been something. That's something. That's something. And we and I think we did that last year too. And the year before we fell a little short. But yeah, we've kind of cranked it up. So good f- good on us. Sam. Good on us. Perseverance. Good on us. Yes. So so thanks a lot, Sam. Thanks for helping out with that. Well, no, thanks thank you very much for being part of this interesting thing.
1: It's an interesting thing, and you make it an interesting thing as well.
0: Thank you, <laughs> uh, but everyone, thanks so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, connect with us, please. We love to chat with folks uh, on uh, on Twitter and in various ways. So get get us at Geek Church on Twitter, uh, Church of the Geek on Facebook. And uh, you, can, you can even email us, geekchurch1 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Everyone, uh, stay safe. Uh, the light's at the end of the tunnel, but we ain't out of it yet. So trust in God, wash your hands, wear a mask. Wear your get-
1: mask in Florida, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, get vaccinated. And as always, Geek be with you.
1: And also with you.